All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Monday, April 24th of 2023 here. Looking forward to a good week of shows here. Uh, we do the show Monday through Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Get all of your DFS questions answered. For those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. It's a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app answer any and all dfs related questions you can post questions live in the youtube chat or in the office hours channel in our discord server if you're not in our discord there's a link in the description below to get joined up highly recommend it as always looks like we have a seven game mlb slate today two game nba playoff slate and a four game nhl playoff slate so plenty of dfs Coming at you today. If you're not joined up with SaberSim, want to check us out. We also have a link to a no strings attached seven day free trial. Check us out and come and get your questions answered. But with that being said, going to get the app pulled up here. Um, got the MLB main slate uh, posted for today up on the screen. Benny Hanna is here, said, Hey, Andrew, what is going on? Hope you are having a uh, happy Monday here. And just uh, checking my sources here, and we actually have no questions to, to get us started today. No questions from support, no questions in the Discord or the YouTube chat. So if anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get them in. Uh, to, to kill some time, I was going to talk about Kelly Criterion a little bit here uh, to just kind of get us started. I saw we didn't really have any questions, and I know that, that uh, you know, there's discussion about Kelly Criterion in, in the Discord, and, you know, we obviously have our prop betting and so i just wanted to give a little bit of a breakdown for those of you who who don't know about it as uh that that well so just wanted to talk about that a little bit uh benny hana said i'm loving the geo mean aggregate rule uh i think it's great I, th I think that is a great way to uh something great to use in showdowns especially this time of year with all of the showdowns with the playoffs and stuff like that so um glad glad to hear you're getting some use out of that one if anybody wants to learn a little bit about it you can find it over on our um in our support docs so anytime you're looking for information on stuff you go up to settings you go down to help here takes you to our support page and then in our frequently asked questions we have like a library of videos and articles uh that that we uh, talk about different concepts so if you just type in geometric mean here you get this uh short it's like a four minute video how do ownership product and ownership geometric mean work? Did this one myself walk through product ownership versus some ownership uh, versus geo mean, how to apply it in the app for different types of plans that you guys are on standard versus pro, et cetera, and give you guys some application um, just tips here. So great video. If you're interested in using that to reduce duplication or something along those lines would highly recommend checking that out. Uh, but that being said, I'm just going to pull up this uh, paint. We could, I, I'll draw some stuff here, and uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about sports betting. So, for anybody who's like not familiar with Kelly Criterion, it's basically a uh, formula that was created to help um, basically determine like optimal sizing for for bets or for any type of like risk management um it's used in investing as well it is a um formula that looks like this so k is going to be for kelly and then equals and then we're going to go b 
B is going to equal um, your odds. So like the odds of, of the wager here and then times P and then P is going to equal the win probability minus Q. Q is going to equal uh, the chance that you lose the bets. So like this is your win odds and then it's basically like your lose odds. So this Q is basically just one minus P and then divided by B here, which are the bet odds once again. So to put this in practice a little bit, uh, we'll just do an example here. And basically it's going to look something like this. So let's say that we have a bet that is minus 110. Uh, these are the odds. And excuse my typing here. Uh, so so I actually, um, I'm right-handed, but I like to use my mouse on my left hand. That way I can uh, scroll and take notes at the same time, as opposed to like scrolling, stopping, picking up my pen, writing something down, putting my pen down, going back to the mouse. So I've, I've taught myself how to uh, use my mouse with my left hand, but I'm not exactly good at uh, writing with my left hand. So if my uh, if 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 my uh, letters look look bad, that's because I'm not left-handed here. All right. Um, so so then so we have our odds, and then we're going to say that we have a win percent, and this is something that like we would calculate um, internally here. So let let's say that we think the odds of this bet winning are 68% uh, 68% chance that this wins. So then how would you how would you solve for the Kelly here? So basically what this what this first thing we have to do is we have to convert this uh, money line odds into decimal odds. So for negative odds where the bet is a favorite, what you do is you do 100 divided by the odds. Do 100 divided by 110. And then you do plus 1. So then this is going to come out to 1.9 here. So our decimal odds for this wager are 1.9. Uh, if these odds were positive, the formula would be a little different. It would basically be the odds divided by 100. So let's say we had like a positive 110 bet here. Then what you would do is you would do 110 divided by 100. So just so you guys know, the formula for positive odds is a little different for the formula from negative odds here, but, but boom, we have decimal odds here. So this is 1.9. So then, um, to, to solve the Kelly here. So then now what we do is we're going to do 1.9. We're going to do minus one. And then we're going to go, let me open this up. Times that by 0.68 here. which is the win percent. And then we are going to minus that by one minus 0.68. So this is our Q. And then we are going to divide that by 1.9 minus one. So decimal odds of the bet here times the win percentage minus one minus the win percentage. So like, this is like the, the odds of the bet losing and then divided by the decimal odds of the bet again. And then when we solve for this, what you would get is uh 32% here. So like the optimal bet sizing via the Kelly is 
32% of your bankroll. Uh, this is obviously like a very large number and not something that we would normally recommend. So what a lot of people do when they solve for a Kelly is they will um, take like a lesser version of it. So people talk about like, if you like look online, you'll see like half Kelly's, third Kelly's, uh, you know, one fifth of Kelly, one tenth of Kelly or something like that. So um, you would you would probably reduce this down because this is just way too much wager. But this is obviously just a mathematical equation trying to figure out what the optimal bet size is to maximize results long term. But, uh, you know, we have to factor in bankroll management and uh, variance in the odds that you lose. So if you have like an unlimited uh, supply of, of money here, kind of you could uh, you could do this. But unfortunately, that's not the game we play. So we got to use a reduced Kelly. But Basically, this is the Kelly formula, and then this is how you would solve for it if you ever wanted to experiment with that. So just wanted to give you guys like a quick rundown here and while we waited for some questions to roll in. So it looks like some questions are coming in now. Uh, so we will jump back over to the Sabersome app here. All right, uh, going to hit this first one that came in from Trouble in the Discord. Question said, hey, Andrew, appreciate these. Not watching live, but we'll rewatch after work. I've been using a filter to get similar to this, but looking for a rule set to require at least two outfielders to have at least 0.1 home runs expected. Additionally, I would love to have max two outfielders from the same team, but may need a separate rule. Uh, okay, so let's talk about this. So I think that you could probably easily do this with two rules. So then what I would do is I would do a group auto rule. And then I would say use no more than two. I would group by team. And then I would just unselect all positions except for outfielder. So this will solve your first part, or I'm sorry, the second part where it says, hey, I don't want to use more than two outfielders from the same team. So a rule that looks exactly like this, you can pause the uh, video when you watch it back, take a screenshot and, and just write this rule. But I'm going to save that rule. So boom, we have one rule here. And then second part is... Uh, looking for a rule to set to require at least two outfielders to have at least 0.1 home run expectation. Okay, so then what I would do second is I would do another rule, group auto, and then I would say use at least two. Uh, I would not group this by anything. I would leave group by unchecked. And then I would just, for positions, I would only leave outfielder checked. And then I would just add a stat requirement. And then I would say home runs greater than uh, 0.1 here. So then what this rule is going to do is I'll save it as a manual just to kind of show this off. But basically what it's going to do is it is going to go and find all of the all of the outfielders with a home run expectation above 0.1, put them all in a group and say, use at least two. So then this group is now comprised of 26 players that meet that stat requirement. And we are telling the builder, you have to use at least two of them. So uh, these two rules combined looks like exactly what you were looking for there. So I would just uh, rewrite those on, on your account and give it a shot and see if uh, you are liking what you are seeing on the other end there. All right. Patrick said, any certain strategies for relief pitchers for showdown purposes? There are so many relief pitchers per team. I think this is a great question. Happy to talk about this one here. Uh, let me pull up a website that I think is a good resource here. If you are playing MLB Showdown, if you are 
uh, specifically looking for information on relief pitchers here. So this baseballpress.com forward slash bullpen dash usage here. Uh, what you can do is you can filter, um, you can go and see all the different teams here. And then what they do is they have like a running list of pitchers in a bullpen. And then it says pitches the last five days here. So what I would do in this scenario is like, okay, um, who pitched yesterday basically? And, and who do I want to kind of avoid? So Saber Sim, you know, is, is not going to be great at, at digesting that information and giving you a um, like kind of like likelihood that that the guy who hasn't pitched in the last three days is probably most likely to be like first out of the bullpen today. So I think a little bit of this research can be um, very helpful here. So it looks like we have uh, Sunday, Saturday, Friday, Thursday, Wednesday. Okay, so this is like uh, backwards, kind of left to right, which is like kind of interesting, but basically the way you should be reading this is from right to left. So Wednesday was last Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So then I would know that, okay, Abreu pitched yesterday, Matone pitched yesterday, Neris pitched yesterday, Presley, Stanek, and Montero did not pitch yesterday, and Presley and Stanek have not pitched since Friday. So here I would be able to see like, okay, you know, um, if, if I were to make an assumption here, I would say that Abreu is probably for sure not going to pitch because he pitched Sunday and Saturday. So Saturday he threw 15 pitches Sunday. He pitched 18 highly unlikely. They use him three days in a row here. Um, so I would like probably X Abreu out from my showdowns here. If there was a showdown that involved the Astros here and then, um, you know, you could, you could try and make some other, um, insights here. I think Presley and Stanek are probably most likely to pitch today. I don't know who's the closer. This is only showing handedness here, like right versus uh, left. I'm assuming, I think that you could probably go on fan graphs here. Fangraph.com. And I think that they have something here where you can see, um, I think they have like a bullpen depth chart. Okay, they do have positional depth charts. So teams, uh, so go to this team spot and then go to positional depth charts. I think this is probably best here if I had to guess. So I, I'm, I'm not like 100% sure what the best um, source for this is. Maybe something like this. Okay. So it just shows you like the depth chart, but it doesn't say like, okay, you know, this guy's like a middle reliever. This is like our like hold guy. And then this is our um, closer like per se, but I'm sure that information is out there. So you might just have to like look around and find something uh, that specifically uses that here. But uh, like right off the bat, I don't see that here. I thought I had seen that in the past. Uh, just trying to look for you guys really quickly. Would love to give you guys something solid to use, but unfortunately not seeing it here. Um, but, but, you know, search online, find it. I think that, you know, understanding the bullpen depth chart along with this last five day bullpen usage would probably be where I would start to do some research on team bullpens and try to get an edge on the field by making informed decisions about who is most likely to pitch for a given team.
but this is a great resource. All right, gonna get back to Saber Sim here and gonna keep it rolling. Uh, Rick said, just joined this weekend. I have a lot to learn already how to better use the tool. Rick, welcome, man. Nice to have you. Glad you found this show. Uh, that That is really what we are here for. You know, if you want to learn uh, how best to write a rule, uh, strategy, etc., cetera, uh, this is the place to be. A lot of questions from a lot of users. Uh, so great, great to just listen. Even if you don't have specific questions, I would recommend tuning in and, and hearing uh the answers for questions that other users have, and then trying to pick up pieces along the way to help you with your individual process. All right. Uh, Noah said, hi, Andrew, for two game NBA slates, is there a way to get the SIM to show what happens if you completely stack one team as in all five starting players to show if it is optimal or not? Um, okay. So let's go over to NBA. We'll talk about this two game slate today. I, I would say that the way that I generally like to do this is, so we see that the settings are on 0-9 automatically here. Uh, what this means is that we're not taking single game simulations, but we are taking small buckets of sims with no correlation impact here to just try and get, you know, a small sample of our game sims and then use that to construct each individual lineup here. I'm just going to make two changes right off the bat here uh, so we don't have to do it in the post build. But let's run a little lineups. Let's talk about stack constructions uh specifically here okay so we're in the post build here we have our build run what i like to do is come into the stack types and then sort by pool and then see what are the most uh common stack types that are coming up here so for for me like looking at like a five stack uh, we only have 17, well, actually we have 17, we have 19 five stacks and two six stacks. So basically like 21 out of our 598 lineups here are five stacks or greater. Uh, that's, that's not a big sample here compared to the number of like three stacks and four stacks that we're seeing, which is in, you know, the, the 40 to 50% range here. So I, I would say that I don't think, um, like, like based on what this is telling me, five stacks aren't the best type of stack uh, overall, like for this uh, slate size. I think to go one step further, what I like to see is like, okay, uh, who are the teams that are being five stacks? So really interesting that, you know, from our five, uh, from our 21 five stacks that we're seeing here, uh, 15 of those are Miami. So I think that if you were going to five stack, Anybody here, I would probably uh, be okay seeing Miami come up as that five stack, as opposed to these like just two lineups of Memphis or these two lineups of the Lakers. So I think that, you know, looking at stack types coupled with team stacks here and seeing what teams are popping up most frequently uh, can give you a little more information and help you make some decisions about what teams you are okay seeing in those um, stack, in, in those large stacks there. All right. Next question from Noah said, can you show the difference between the optimal and least optimal for MLB today? Wondering if there is a stack of three from the chalk in least optimal lines, as in, I assume a five, three stack will be optimal with five being from the chalky team. Will the five, three in least optimal include the chalky team 
also wondering if the Sabres team has decided to add NHL into the program asked about it last week. Okay. So a couple things here. So I think that if you are looking for like, you know, you're using the word optimal a lot here. So, so to me, optimal means like the cash optimal here. Uh, the, the cash optimal is like literally the highest projected score uh, scoring lineup on, on the slate. So if you're looking for like the cash optimal, what I would do is under style, go from GBP to cash here. And then what this is going to do, it is going to turn correlation and SIM diversity off. And with SIM diversity off, what we are going to do is we are going to use the mean projection for every player as the projection uh, when we go to build your lineup. So, you know, Montgomery is going to have 16.82. Lynn is going to have 15.16 for every single lineup that we build here. That is much different than the way that we normally build lineups with SIM diversity on. What happens with SIM diversity is on is that we take random samples of simulations from our database and then use the point projections that the players score in that group of sims to build one lineup and then we go and take another randomly sampled group of sims to build the second lineup etc so like uh for instance we could take five sims of spencer strider and his average projection in those five sims could be uh let's say like 15 he has a really bad five sims on average and then we could take and then that that will only be for lineup one. So like probably doesn't get into lineup one because he did really bad there. But then we take five more Sims for lineup two. Let's say that he gets like 35 points on average. So then he does really well. Um, he's probably in lineup two, right? So the point projections for the players when we run the Sims are going to be uh, different than what you see in the app. That is not the case for cash optimals. Every single lineup, we are going to assume Spencer Strider scores 26.26 points and then just build the top projected score optimal followed by, you know, the next highest projected score, et cetera here. So to do that, just go to cash. Uh, this pool size is going to change really because we are just solving for the highest projected score lineup. You, you really shouldn't be diving that far down into your like cash pool because basically the further you go down in the pool, the more projected points you are sacrificing. And if you're trying to build the cash optimal, playing cash games, something like that, uh, you really do not want to sacrifice projected points. That's like probably the worst thing you could do in, in that format is, is, you know, consistently play a projected scoring lineup that is uh, much lower than the top cash optimal. Anyways, these 40 lineups are finishing up here, and we'll just go into the post-build, analyze these. Uh, we're only going to look at the top 20 here, and I'm just going to make these two changes so we can see the lineups here. So if you're interested in like what the stack types are, um, th this makes sense to me that I think on average for like optimal builds, uh, you're going to get these smaller stacks here, three twos. Four twos, three threes, uh, you know, in the in the three stack range, not so much of these five stacks, mostly just because you're trying to pack in as many projected points as possible here. So it's it's much more likely that you get this mix of players as opposed to these big game stacks, because that is directly related to correlation and us compounding the correlation of players into a lineup together here. Um, so can you show the difference between the optimal and the least optimal? for MLB today. Yeah. So I, I don't think, um, 
how, how should I say this? I don't think that you're like particularly thinking about this. Like the way I'm thinking about this, the way you're thinking about this is, is probably different here. Um, so if we're looking for like cash optimal, um, we see the highest amount of three twos here. And then we see the lowest amount of like two, two twos, but unless you're specifically playing cash games, I wouldn't be thinking about it this way. Mostly because we don't need the optimal to win, especially in a sport like baseball, uh, very high variance. You're almost never going to need the optimal scoring lineup to win a baseball contest. You're just trying to beat the other lineups in 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 your contest in your pool that's why for single entries we have different um slider settings versus 150 matches right because the contest dynamics change so the the way you should think about it is let's say second place is 150 points right you only need to beat second place you only need you know 151 points to get first place uh that that uh that Say you had 149 points, right? So those two points to get you to 151 would be worth a, a large amount of money, right? Say second place is 25,000. Say first place is 100,000. So that that two points to get you to 151 is is worth a lot of money. But every point beyond that number is actually worth $0 to you. So whether you scored 151 uh, versus 161, you know, those 10 points don't really do anything for you at the end of the night. Um, those are just extra points that are not earning you any additional dollars. So that's, that's why we're saying like, Hey, you know, you don't need the, the top optimal scoring lineup in a MLB classic slate, uh, to win the contest. Um, you, you just need the winning lineup and we are, you know, doing contest sims and figuring out what that, what that score is, what, what the best correlation and sim diversity settings are along with how we weight these things in your saber score metric to help you achieve that value. But um, I would just say, don't get super fixated on like the optimal for um, any of these like sports that where you're not going to need an optimal to win, unless you're playing showdown or MMA or NASCAR or something like that. I think that it's a, it's better to think like that. And in those terms, but for like a large MLB classic slate, wouldn't get too caught up on that. I think that maybe one thing is like, Hey, what, what stacks are popping the most or, or coming up uh, so often in the Sims for this contest type? I think you just go into stack types, sort by pool here. And then whatever lineups are showing up most often in the pool are going to be the best type of stacks for this contest type here. So I would, I would stay away from like two stacks, three stacks. Basically, the builder is saying like, hey, these lineups aren't stacking enough and you should be stacking more here. So that is how I like to analyze stacks uh, for MLB. And then uh, last part right here was like, if the Sabre team has decided to add NHL into the program. Uh, so we do have NHL Sims. We've, we've had them uh, for, for a while now, you know, going back like seasons here. So just change sport, go to NHL. Uh, not particularly sure what you mean about like the program. Uh, if you have questions about NHL, just ask those and I can hop over to NHL and we can talk about it a little bit here, whatever questions that you guys have, but you should be able to build your NHL lineups uh, for multi multiple sites here with, without any problem. John M asked, does Sabre Sim continue to offer player prop picks for MLB or is that just for NFL 
and NBA at the moment. So great questions. Uh, so we, if you're on the Saberson Pro Plan, you should see this add-on. It says NBA props. We have transitioned to both NBA props and MLB props. Uh, we are posting one free MLB prop bet a day in the pro channel. So if you are on the Saberson Pro Plan, you should see that one free bet, which is like a teaser pick. And then we are posting up to six additional MLB bets. And then later in the day, depending on the NBA schedule, we are posting additional NBA bets. So uh, prop, prop plan is live. It is doing good to this point in the season. Actually, let's see how we're doing here. So for MLB, um, we are, looks like we are up about 10 units right now. And we have been doing it for about a week. So one week of bets up about 10 units. Uh, good start to the season here. Looking forward to a strong MLB prop season. All right. Rick said, maybe a simple question, but how do I weigh my hitters more to home runs and pitchers to Ks? For instance, a five stack with the remaining three spots being most likely to hit a home run. Okay. So what I would say here is that if you know that you want to play hitters that have a high home run expectation, what I would do is, okay, I'm going to go to MLB first. And I'm going to go to probably, I'm going to go to all batters here. I'm going to sort descending by home runs here. And then I'm going to make a determination of where I want this line to be. And then I'm going to make a group rule. So let's say that, um, you know what? I want to put the line maybe at like point, uh, one, three home runs here. So then what I would say is like, Hey, uh, I would do a group rule kind of similar to the way we talked about at the beginning of the show. We're saying use at least three players, uh, don't group by, and then leave all the positions checked except pitcher. And then just add a stat requirement that says home runs greater than, and I'm going to say 0.12 because I said point, um, 0.13. I was fine with here. And then I'm just going to say this as a manual rule just to show it off. What this is going to do is going to go find all players who are above that threshold, put them in a group and say, hey, use at least three of these guys. So across all available batters, there are 24 players that have a home run expectation of that amount here. And then if you know that you want to play a five-stack Along with this rule, I would just write a separate rule here and then say uh, stack at least five and then just leave it basic here. Don't adjust anything else. So then now what I have here is I have these two rules where one is my home run rule and then one is my stack rule. And then I would just run a build and then see what you get from there. So you'll always get a five stack. You won't always get a one, one, one stack here, um, but you will make sure that you're getting to enough of these guys. So you might get some five twos, uh, might still get some five threes. I think that with having this five stack as like a base rule, you're going to get a lot of options in the post build here. And we could just run this. Uh, shouldn't be a problem. Let's make my two changes. So we have these two rules set. Looks good. I'm going to run 500 lineups here and then just kind of talk about the way I would handle this from here. But just by having that five-stack base rule, you'll probably get enough of these five one ones to work them into your lineup and make you happy ultimately here. So lineups are finishing. Uh, we are now in the post build. Just going to go to stack types. Uh, boom, you have these three stack types, fives, 
five one one ones, five two one, and then your five threes here. And then you have, you know, greater than 18% of all of these types here. So if you wanted to do uh, only naked five stacks here, I get increased min exposure to 100. And then it's going to go and uh, from our 100 available lineups here, it is going to take 20 of those and then put those in our top 20 here. But um, as, as long as you have that rule set, I think you should be fine. Um, there There is not a way to guarantee that all all three of your one-offs are from that group because some of those players with the home run expectation can be worked into this five stack here. So I would have to think about ways to do that, but I don't think there's a great way to do that at the moment. All right. Uh, Banks Larry said, what's your top stack today, my guy? Uh, So not really sure. Uh, haven't haven't looked at it too much here. Um, what what I'll normally do is come in here, you know, look at the sliders for whatever uh, game I'm doing. Uh, go like half correlation, run and build, and then I like to compare this to like estimated stack exposure. Uh, so prior to this step, what I will do is I will look at you. You, you can either do this to one or two ways. I'll usually look at like the top five to ten projected run total teams by Vegas and then do like some estimated stack exposure based on the players in the lineup. And then I'll come in here and then I will look at stack pool exposure. I'm looking at the all tab, but I'm also looking at all of these individual tabs and then trying to determine uh, who I want to play from here. So like see something that I like find interesting, just clicking through this quickly is that you can come into this all tab and then you can say, Oh, the angels are my, second highest uh, stack in my pool exposure here. But almost more than half of that is coming from this two stack. So like 12.2% of their 23.6%. Meanwhile, when you come into the five stacks, you know, you have St. Louis, Arizona above the angels. You have KC, Arizona, Atlanta above the angels here, right? So I'm, I'm actually more interested that these, Arizona Atlanta stacks are coming up as like bigger stacks with this modified correlation than the angels are. So like I'm more inclined to play some of these St. Louis Arizona stacks uh, before I get to the angels here, even though, you know, St. Louis is at 13% in my all tab and then Arizona. Okay. Arizona is like pretty close to the angels already, but like St. Louis would be like kind of probably like sneaky to me, but I don't even know what the run totals are. Right. So maybe I'm saying St. Louis is sneaky, but maybe they're like the highest run total of the day here, right? So for me, it is weighing uh, what is the implied run totals, what are the expected um, stack pool, like uh, stack ownerships here. So like what I would do is I would look at the angels here. So you have 14%, 31%, 20%, 11%, 18%. Uh, I, I would just come up with a number somewhere in this general area and say the angels are probably going to be like 20% owned as a stack today. Uh, It's not an exact science, just trying to look at this and make a generally directionally correct uh, estimation as to the stack ownership here. But I would say like 20% feels probably about right, especially because they are also the highest implied run total team on the slate. So uh, based on that, I would probably be trying to get away from the Angels a little bit, probably play a little bit less of them 
and then more of some of these um, other teams that we saw here. I think Atlanta is kind of interesting because Arizona is like the second highest total. KC is a little interesting. They were popping a lot. Uh, St. Louis too. So um, we'll, we'll see as the day goes on, you know, if, if ownership adjusts or anything like that. But um, not loving the Angels, probably trying to get to some of these other teams. Uh, but I don't know any of the stack pool exposures for these teams. I'm just trying to give you guys a little insight as to uh, ways that I am looking at the slate. All right. Um, I We are all caught up in the Discord and the YouTube chat. No questions uh, came in from support here. So I think that we are going to uh, call it there. Going to wait for a minute here for any last questions to come in while I pull this uh, graphic up here. Talk about this really quickly. But if you guys are um, not playing on owner's box, I would highly recommend taking advantage of it. The contests are softer. The contests continue to overlay on a regular basis. And aside from that, if you use promo code Saber or SaberSim, uh, we will track your entry fees and you can earn free SaberSim credit in the form of months to our standard pro or prop plan uh, when you reach these thresholds. And then once you cash in on that, this number resets, and then you can continue to earn uh, additional SaberSim credit. They also have a $500 deposit bonus when using promo code Saber. So take advantage of owner's box and the soft contest and the overlay and all the other things that come along with that. I've been playing there regularly and um, you know, I'm, I'm happy with, uh, with the uh, success that I've had there. And, and I, you know, you can't beat no rake or uh, overlaid contests, but we will be right back here tomorrow, everybody for our Tuesday show. If you guys are building lineups throughout the day, question pops in your head, drop it in the office hours channel, let it sit there. And then that will give us a steady queue of questions to talk about on our next show. So until then, good luck in your contest. Take care. I will see you. Bye.